your home of the fans, WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. soccer game. Connellsville High School players and fans were accused of using racial slurs uh, while playing Penn Hills. The game was at Connellsville. That's uh, several weeks ago. The Whippeal reprimanded Connellsville and Connellsville was told to have its student athletes undergo sensitivity counseling which I don't believe happened. I just don't buy that for a second because Connellsville didn't see a problem, except Connellsville seems to have a problem with Penn Hills because Connellsville is blaming the victim. When Connellsville visited Penn Hills for boys soccer last night, the Connellsville team was accompanied by armed guards like Pinkertons, Renicops, and they were packing. So let me see if I have this story straight. Connellsville used racial slurps. Connellsville was in the wrong. Connellsville got reprimanded. Connellsville got censured. So how come Connellsville brought guns? It's like Mississippi in Jim Crow time. You got to scare the black people. Keep them in their place, right, Connellsville? Gratuitously insulting to common decency in general and to Penn Hills in particular, Penn Hills should never play Connellsville ever again in any sport. In fact, if I had my way, Connellsville should be kicked out the Whippeal for at least a year. This is offensive beyond words. Hey, Connellsville, you're a racist community and a racist school district, and you just proved it again. Guess what? You just made the list. That's just insane, right? The list brought to you by Matt Mars Plumbing Cunt on a name you can trust. Call 412-333. Wrong number again. 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, having armed goons show up with guns is just bullying. And Connellsville released a statement that they were protecting themselves from false accusations. You know how you protect yourself from false accusations? You just don't use racial slurs. You don't need guns. You don't need guns to protect yourselves from false accusations. If I'd have been Penn Hills, I'd have taken one look at those armed guards and told Connellsville, its team, its coaches, its fans, everybody involved, to go the frig home. Plus, which, too, Penn Hills is a pretty tough community. Somebody could have yanked the gun out of one of those security guards' hands and stuck it up their backside and pulled the trigger till it goes click. Just absolutely disgraceful. Uh, This is something a big fuss should be made about. Speaking of big fusses, Antonio Brown's lawyers have filed a motion to dismiss... Uh, the lawsuit against Antonio Brown filed by the Israeli Special Forces guy, the father of the 22-year-old kid who almost got brained by A.B.'s furniture, allegedly. Uh, 
that guy is a, well, according to the motion by AB's lawyers, uh, the plaintiff is a struggling real estate developer trying to exploit his minor child. I really don't see it that way, but, uh, hey, he either threw the furniture or he didn't. This guy doesn't appear to be struggling financially. By all accounts, he has more money than A.B. And A.B. had all his kids up there on the press podium this past Sunday. Look up the word exploit. Well, like I said, use that online dictionary. So that's the latest on the A.B. situation. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Frank. Frank, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark. Yes. I, uh, I just have a simple comment. Uh, not really sure why uh, Connorsville had all the racial slurs. I'm from that area, unfortunately, and that school is, there's a lot of black people in the community. So uh, I bet some uh, of their best friends are black people. I, yeah, I don't understand why all of a sudden they think they're... Uh, Dude, here's the that. bottom line, okay? Let's even say they were wrongly accused of using racial slurs. Because it's worth noting that uh, aside from censure and sensitivity training, the Connellsville soccer team and school district were not penalized for what was alleged to have happened to Connellsville because there was no hard evidence, no tape, no film, nothing like that. But let me tell you one thing I know for sure. Whether Connellsville was guilty or not, of what they were accused of, it did no good to bring guns into the situation. I agree. Thank you for the call. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Don't forget, we got Ask Mark Anything coming up next because we have the Subway Hockey Show from 530 till 6. Uh, we got that Paul Coffey interview we're going to play. If you, if you missed that, uh, earlier in the week, uh, Tuesday it was, Koff was brilliant, talking about Chris Letang breaking his record for most points in a career by a Penguins defenseman. That's Paul Coffey later on in the show. Uh, a, a special birthday today. I just realized this. Uh, he'd be 73 if he were alive today, and I wish more than anything that he was. He uh, wined and dined with kings and queens. And he slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. Uh, happy birthday to the late and great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, when Dusty passed away. That's hot times. So American Dream, happy birthday and RIP. It's not time to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything. I'm live at Buford's on the X. This is Brian Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. It's time now to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Ask me about Life, Liberty Avenue, and the pursuit of illicit carnal knowledge. Just dial 412-333-WXDX. It's brought to you by Chapino in the Strip. It's the city's finest seafood and chop house. Let's go to Sean in Moon Township. Sean, ask Mark anything. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Okay, so do you think that the Penguins have rectified the problem they had in the defense that plagued us last year that gave up the odd man rush? I'm not sure that they have. Well, giving up the odd man rush is about structure, not necessarily the defense right. core. Uh, and it, I, I can't rule on structure after two games in October. Okay, uh, I thought last year in the playoffs they gave up one 
nonstop, constant, odd man break to Washington because when they pinched, the defensemen didn't do it well. They didn't play the body cleanly enough, and the forwards didn't cheat on the side of defense. They cheated on the side of offense. But uh, there's no way to judge that now in October. Now, I think they solved their depth problem on defense. I am perfectly content with uh, Ricola and Ruedel in the mix, but not needing to play every game. Let's go to Dean at the Rock. Dean, ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up, Dean? Uh, what do you think about the purge so far? You know what? I'm I'm a couple shows behind, so don't don't spoil me. What do you think of it, though? Um, expecting, but. I mean, story-wise, uh, it's decent. I like the little side notes on the side. I don't know if you've paid attention to those. No, I think it's been a very good show based on, I think there's been six episodes. I've seen, I think I've seen three or four. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, you know what's weird about The Purge, too? Is there seems to be a controlling group and a victim group. Like that Carnival of Flesh, which was pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty compelling scene, correct? Yes. How come the victims never kill... The purgers. How come the purgers never kill each other? It, it seems like there's an unwritten pact where one group kills and one group gets killed. And, you know, every once in a while, like at the at the Stanton's party, the oppressed rise up. But it's just, it, it seems like there's some gaps in logic. Then again, in the movies, there was the same gap in logic. Here's another thing, Dean, and I'm not complaining, but it is odd. Uh, all crime is legal during the purge, right? Correct. And, and and like I said, it's a volatile time for even discussing stuff like this, so it's good. There hasn't been, but within the context of The Purge, I'm surprised. I haven't seen one rape, not in The Purge movies, not in The Purge series. And and given the nature of the series, that strikes me as odd, but in, in these very troubled times, it's probably best to not go there. Let's go to Jeff and Overbrook. Jeff, ask Mark anything. Good day, Mr. Madden. I said good day. Um, the, uh, the, the purge is good, good story, but, um, what I really called for was, um, to ask you, what do you think about, about Hello? what? Yeah. Hello? I'm losing you. I'm sorry. Oh, you could never lose me, sweetheart, but call back later. <laughs> Leaves the line open four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's go to Tom in the truck. Tom. You're on with double M. Hey, Mark, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the concussion protocol. Um, how is that affecting uh, Murray being labeled a uh, injury-prone player now? What do you mean the protocol? Well, you know, 10 years ago, we probably wouldn't even have heard about this. Yeah, 10 years ago, it, it was worse. So uh, I, I think when you have concussion protocol and you approach it scientifically and medically, nobody should be labeled anything. It's a concussion or it's not. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Lou in the car. Lou, ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, uh, I don't know if I heard you uh, that you said you're going to Vegas this weekend, but I want to ask you what your favorite pizza place is in Vegas. That's a good question. Uh, I like secret pizza at the Cosmopolitan, which, you know, is supposed to be a secret, but I once stood in line to get a slice of secret pizza at midnight with Leonard Skinner in, oh, in wow. the same line. But um, 
a couple of my friends that live out there says there's a better place, and I forget where they mentioned, but I may try it this time. I'm only there for three days, so maybe I won't have time after I hit my usual places. But they have a chain place out there called Metro Pizza, and it's pretty good. Is it, it's is pretty good. Trip? No, it's all over the place, many different outlets. They have Capriotti okay. sandwiches, too, which are great, the Bobby. The Bobby is their version of the get-go pilgrim. Let's go to Eric in Mount Lebanon. Eric, ask Mark anything. How are you? Um, I heard you say earlier you missed uh, Dusty Rhodes, and if he was still here, uh, you, you know, what was the one thing that you, you really missed about him? Uh, when I worked with Dusty in WCW, yes. he was always real good to me, but almost everybody was down there. Okay. But when Dusty talked, I didn't talk much. I listened. And I'm a big talker, as you know, but Dusty knew so much about the business that when he talked, I just listened. Uh, that applied to a lot of guys. Arn Anderson, uh, Fit Finley. Uh, when they talked, I listened, and that's how Terry Funk, Ric Flair, obviously, but he and I were friends predating WCW. When right. those guys talked, I listened, and that's how I, I, I learned. I think I know as much about the business as anybody who didn't work regularly in the ring. Let's go to Brian in the truck. Brian, ask Mark anything. Mark, are you going to see Metallica? That's uh, a week from tonight, right? Correct. As of right now, no. I'm not a huge Metallica fan. I think they're great, and I respect what they've done. But they're really loud. They're really long. And I don't like their song structure. Their songs are too long and, and too involved. They're, they, 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 I, yeah. I just, I, I'm not a hater. I'm not a fan. I prefer Megadeth by far. Megadeth took the Metallica formula and went poppy with it. It doesn't sound like a pop song. But the Megadeth songs like, uh, like, uh, um, Symphony Destruction, that's a pop Love song it. turned up to 11. So I'm a I'm more of a, yeah. a, a, a Dave and Dave guy. Let's go to uh, Jake and Edgewood. Jake, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I was just wondering what you were thinking uh, of Elton John's concert last night. I thought it was great. I talked about it before. I was uh, I was uh, over the moon. I, I didn't think he had a uh, – the only here's my one complaint. Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting is too keyboard heavy. They use an organ riff instead of the guitar riff. But but other than that, I thought it was brilliant. I think he is uh, such a long-lasting uh, icon of rock and roll, and I'm, I'm glad to have seen him, and I'll see him when he comes back in November for a farewell tour that apparently will never end. Let's go to, Jamie, that... let's go to Jamie in Mount Pleasant. Jamie, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Hey, Jamie. I got in my car. Heard you call Connorsville people racist. I uh, know. I think the like... well, I think the actions of the school district sending armed guards when they were the ones accused of using racist uh, epithets. I, I think yeah, that does reflect a, a sort of intolerance, don't you? Okay, but I just want to let you know, Connorsville people are not racist. We well, hate if, everybody equally. Well, if that's that's really funny. Uh, I bet you're driving around in a really old car and missing some teeth. Uh, nah. I, I think nah. you should, well, well, put it this way. Then you should censure your school district for sending armed guards to a high school sporting event. That's what they did, Jamie. Right. They sent armed guards to a high school sporting event. Goodbye. Let's go to Cody and Bell Vernon. Very quick, Cody. Ask hey, Mark, Mark anything. What's up? Hey, man, I, I just had a quick question, man. Uh, did you have any other aspirations besides actually being a radio talk show host? Dude, I worked for the Post-Gazette as a I mean, full-time writer. That, I mean, what, 
you know, that's what I mean. Besides that, what did you actually want to be like when you were a kid? A cowboy sheriff. Thank you for the call. Up next, we want hockey calls only. You can call, but hockey calls only. It's the Hockey Night Show, brought to you by my good friends, the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Hockey calls only, and then a Paul Coffey interview, 105.9 X. It's the X at 105.9 Hockey Night Show with your host, Mark Madden, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, on your home for the best Pens coverage and the best hockey talk. 105.9 The X. Welcome to the Hockey Night Show brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. We want calls, but hockey calls only. It's the Penguins and Vegas Gold Knights this evening. And as I said uh, at the open of my show proper at 3 o'clock, tonight Vegas ain't Caesars Palace or Bellagio or MGM Grand. Tonight it's one of the downtown casinos or maybe the Stratosphere because the Gold Knights are struggling. They're one and three, and yeah, it's early days, but they lost five two at Washington last night. They had all that adrenaline last year, but now that's gone. They still got a good team. They lost guys, but they added Pacioretty and Statsny. But the glitter is somewhat muted, so let's see if the Penguins could take advantage. The things to watch tonight are, of course, Casey DeSmith in goal. Let's see also if the Penguins will pay more attention to structure and defense after Sullivan got pissed following the Montreal loss Saturday. And after a couple hard practices and an extra practice, three state days of practice Monday through Wednesday this week, Casey DeSmith in goal, and I, I think Casey DeSmith is a, a quality goalie, but uh, him in the net might be just what the doctor ordered because teams do tend to play a little bit tighter to use more structure if the backup goalie is between the sticks. So let's see what the Penguins do. It'll be DeSmith against Malcolm Subban. Uh, Flurry played last night. He really didn't want to play in Pittsburgh. That's the word because, you know, last year when he returned for the first time, it was a bit of a circus. And uh, why bother with that if you don't have to? 412-333-9939. Let's go to Leonard in Sharpsburg. Leonard. You're on the Hockey Night Show. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Um, I'm interested to see um, how Ricola does tonight in the NHL um, against an NHL team, although not at Mata's expense. But um, did he – I don't think he was uh, – he was paired up with Alexiak, right, in practice, and isn't that, like, his not not his normal side? No, I think Ricola's playing left and Alexiak's playing right. Oh, okay. Alexiak's better on the right. Why he started the season on the left, I – have no idea. Let's go to Tim and Kennedy. Not Ted and Kennedy, but Tim and Kennedy. You're on the Hockey Night Show. I wouldn't do that, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. Uh, do you think that the Penguins during the first TV timeout are going to do the welcome back Ryan Reeves thing, or are they just going to let it go? I don't think they'll do a video, but I think they might just put his picture on the Jumbotron at some point, although Ryan Reeves was barely here, so if they ignored it, it wouldn't bother me. Let's go to Dave on the porch. Dave, very quickly. You're on with Mark. Hey, hey, Mark. How much does uh, Marta's uh, lack of respect and skills by the fans remind you of Ron Stackhouse? Uh, not nearly as venomous or as continuous. The fans back then in the 70s, and thank you for the call, abused Ron Stackhouse nonstop. Up next on the Hockey Night Show, we're going to talk to Penguins legend Paul Coffey. Chris Letang passed him in points, and Coff's happy about that. 105.9 The X. 
It's the Axis Hockey Night Show with your host, Mark Madden. Brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. The best hockey talk on your home of the Pens and Best Pens coverage, 105.9 The X. My guest right now is a four-time Stanley Cup champion and three-time Norris Trophy winner as the NHL's best defenseman, as well as an all-time Penguin great. It's always a pleasure to welcome to the show, Paul Coffey. Uh, Paul, thanks for taking the time. Chris Letang recently passed you as the Penguins' all-time leading scorer among defensemen. I know you're a fan of Letang, so I'm guessing you're not all that upset about that. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually very happy. I mean, records are, are made to be broken. It couldn't happen to a better guy. I can remember years gone by when I came into Pittsburgh to get in, inducted into the, the Penguin Hall of Fame, so to speak. And I remember sitting up in the press box uh, with Bob Erie, and he was doing the game. And I said, who's that number 58 out there? He said, you like him? I said, yeah. Yeah, he's good. So it was Chris's first year, and I've been a fan of his uh, ever since I laid eyes on him. And uh a great player and a great kid, and I'm real happy for him. It's so tough to compare across eras, but do you see any similarities between you and Latang? I, I like everything about him. I mean, he's, he's uh, he can skate, he can shoot, he can pass, he understands the game, he respects the game. And you know, I had a conversation with him in the dressing room a couple of years ago. Uh, I was sitting with Rick Tocca when he was with the team, and Chris came in, and he was a little bit upset after a game, and this and that. You know, and I said, I said, I didn't say a word, and he talked kind of said to me, what do you think? And I said, well, I said, I said Chris, you, you, I mean, you're playing with, you, with Gino, you're playing with, uh, with Sid, two great, great hockey players. I, I was privileged to play with some good players as well. I said, you, you need to get them the puck, you need to get the puck from them, and don't be afraid to shoot the puck. And, you know, he's just a very, very great student of the game, and, uh, and, and couldn't be more happier for him. Well, Latang's also a fan of yours, Paul, and has often said so. I'm sure you like that, and as you just mentioned, you have spoken on a few occasions. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I love the game of hockey. I'll continue to love the hockey game of hockey. I think it's the greatest game in the world. But when you run into a young guy like Chris, he's not, he's, you know, he's getting 30 years old now, but when he was a kid, and just the respect he gave gave me when I was talking to him was pretty cool because some guys, unfortunately, you, you don't get it, but. No, he's a very respectful kid, loves Pittsburgh, loves to win, uh, and, and loves everything about the game, and, and, and loves and studies the players that played before him, and I've got a lot of time for guys that act like that. It's amazing how hockey changes over the years, Paul. And as you said before, a coach just wouldn't let you play today like you did back when, would he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that... Uh... I think I think the game has definitely changed, and as players, as coaches, as fans, whatever, you got to change with it. And I think that uh, you know, I loved the game the other night when you know when Chris got the overtime winner there. There's a lot of goals scored by the Penguins, and you know, last time I looked, there's not too many people leaving the building when there's games like that. That's excitement. That's what they want to see, and you know, they've done a great job in Pittsburgh over the years, of course, with the. The talent they have, and, and Sid and guys like that, and I often say the same thing to you know Connor McDavid and Edmonton, who's a a great hockey player. And you know, I said, but Sid's not going anywhere. You know, he's still if you, if you want to be the best, you got to go through his door first, and that's what that's what makes that franchise so good. Now, I just want to note, Paul, when you got your 440 points for the Penguins, it only took 331 games. Uh, you really piled them up. That was some uh, firepower you guys had, wasn't it? Well, a lot of it had to do with 66 for sure. I mean, it, it, the hidden, uh, the hidden, 
the hidden intangible for me coming to Pittsburgh, and I remember what happened to trade me there, and they said, you're, you know, it doesn't matter who said it, but they said, you're never going to win again. And I said, uh-uh. I said, I just can't play with a kid in the Canada Cup in 87 that's a damn good hockey player. And, you know, Mario is just so, so talented, as well as, well as everybody else in that club. And when you play with good players and you think like good players, you can uh, – you could put the points up. The game was uh, the game was a little different. I wouldn't say it was better or worse, but uh, the guys were maybe a little more creative back then, and good things happened. I mean, everybody checks a little bit closer right now. It's a little bit tighter, but you know, for Chris to to get there and, and, and have 440 some odd points now, I mean, he's still got a lot of runway left, and I expect some great things out of him going forward. Now, you played with both Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux in their primes, Paul, and you were in your prime as well. If those two guys played today in their primes, what kind of point totals would they rack up? What are the variables? Well, it, it, it's it's no different than me. You know, some of these people always ask me if you played in today's game, how many goals do you think you'd score? And I said, I don't know, probably fifteen. And the guy said to me, "Is that it?" And I said, "Well, I'm fifty-seven years old." <laughs> but a guy like listen, a guy like Mario, a guy like Wayne, they can play in any era. I mean, they're just the they just they they command the puck, they command respect, they command the ice, and their vision and their thought process when they played the game is second to none, and that's why those two are as great as they were. Yeah, I think their numbers go down some if they play in this era, but I'm not sure they go down that much. And, and frankly, Paul, I think the same would apply for you. Well, I mean, listen, as a former guy, we can say all we want while there's no <laughs> hit, this and that, and this and that. But, the, I mean, the game is faster. Everybody can skate. You know, everybody knows where they're going on the ice, but guys like Mario Wayne, they'd still be they'd still be north of 100 points all year round. I think you're going to start seeing more of that stuff in the league right now. I think with two players, Johnny Traveris and, and Matthews, they got in Toronto here, and of course Sid and, and Gino in Pittsburgh, and then Drysaddle and Connor and Edmonton. I mean, guys just need to continually, continually push themselves. And if the entertainment value gets up, and these guys want to score, they can. We're talking to Paul Coffey, all-time Penguin great, here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. You won Cups in Edmonton and Pittsburgh, and those were two dynasty-level teams, Paul. I don't want you to pick which team's better. That's unfair. But what was similar and what was different between those two teams? Well, the similarity is very simple, 99 and 66. Anytime you got your... Anytime you got your best player being your hardest worker and, and your and your best teammate on your team, good things aren't going to happen. And Wayne was, for me, you know, until I came to Pittsburgh, the most unselfish hockey player I've ever played with. I mean, you know, we sit and, and, and Mario was the same thing. I often talk about, you know, Wayne and Mario both passing puck to a jersey. It didn't matter who you are if you were wide open, but I often snicker to Wayne and said, during that Canada Cup in '87, I said I always thought you were the most selfish, unselfish player ever. But you, you passed to you passed to Mario instead of uh, Murphy would have had open net. Of course, Wayne said I had to go with the odds. But you know the similar the similarities were those two guys, the greatness and a, an unbelievable on both teams, an unbelievable supporting staff. I mean, we had great goaltending at Edmonton with Grant and Andy Moog and Tommy Brassel was phenomenal in Pittsburgh, but. You know, if, you're, if your best player isn't your best player every night, you just, you're not going to win. And we had that in Pittsburgh, and we had that in Edmonton. Do you ever think we'll see dynasties in, in hockey again, Paul, with the salary cap? It's hard to see, but you guys just kind of went through one in Pittsburgh, winning two cups two years in a row. I mean, to me, that's a modern-day era of dynasty for sure. You know, are you going to get five in a row? 
I don't think so. I mean, there's no great teams. There's just a lot of real, 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 real good teams that can, you know, you can miss the playoffs one year and win the Stanley Cup the next year. It's kind of crazy. But, you know, again, what you guys just went through in Pittsburgh was, to me, a modern-day dynasty for sure. As I mentioned at the top of the interview, Paul, you won three Norris trophies as the NHL's best defenseman. The first two were in 85 and 86 with Edmonton. But then you won again in 95 at age 33 with Detroit. How gratifying was that to win a Norris at 33 and nine years after your previous one? It was nice, but the thing that bothers me is I never won a one in Pittsburgh. I thought I had some decent years there, but I mean the minuses weren't where they should have been. But our team was a bit of a high-scoring team. But I mean, anytime you win a major trophy for your position, I mean it, it's gratifying for sure. It's, it's it's not an individual thing. You you have to play with great teams to to get those honors. But for me, and, and I think any player will tell you the same thing. Sid will tell you, uh, Chris will tell you, tell you. You need you try to be as consistent as you can, game in and game out, and that's what separates the good from the uh, the good from the greats. That's for sure. Uh, the Penguins are, are one and one to start. They're allowing a lot of goals, but they scored uh, seven goals in the opener against Washington. Uh, good players obviously want their stats. Was that the case when when you played Paul at the beginning of the seasons? Did the good teams you played for start out a, a bit sloppy, maybe a bit too offensive, like Pittsburgh right now? Well, you got to remember, in our era, it was totally different because if you didn't score, you didn't get paid. That's just that's just the way it was back then. It's a stat driven, stat driven league. It was a stat driven contract time. You, you got paid if you put the numbers up, and that's the way it was. But you, you got to be careful, and I know. Uh, Sully knows as well. You got to be careful uh, deferring the goals. I mean, goals are goals are great to get. They're hard to come by. So I mean, you can sit there and say they're a little bit loose, but as long as you're scoring goals, it's very easy to tighten up defensively. I don't think it's that hard. But scoring goals is the hard part. So you got to be careful with your players and not uh, not get too hard on them about that. Now you worked on the Edmonton coaching staff last year, Paul. Uh, what was that like for you? I know you've done uh, coaching sporadically since you retired. It's fun. I've coached my two boys all the way up, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. Last year, the Oilers uh, called me up and wanted me to help out and do some different stuff, and I continually do that. It's great. You know, everybody can have the conversation that uh, you haven't coached, you haven't played in 30 years, and the game has changed. And I'm going to tell you right now, the game has not changed. Players are players. There's five guys on the ice. Unfortunately, what has changed a little bit is, is is people around it making it a little more difficult than it is. And you know, you you look at Sully coming into Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, not a not a shot towards the previous guy, but I mean that team was in disarray. Man got everything organized, said, you know, told Sid you're my best player. I need you to be my best player, and I, I still think that's a huge part of the game: building relationships with players and and telling the game how it is. And that's what I've, uh, I've tried to do in Edmonton. I'm working with some of the younger kids right now, and colleges and junior and stuff like that, and I really enjoy it. And finally, uh, Paul, you skate occasionally in old-timers events, and I've seen you a few times at Mario's Fantasy Camp. You used to wear skates that were two sizes too small to get a better feel. Do you still do that? Uh, for starters, it's not old-timers. It's alumni hockey. I'm sorry. I, I apologize, Paul. My bad. I'm only, <laughs> I'm only kidding. Yeah, you know what? I tried, I tried to wear bigger skates, but I can't skate them. I mean, they're not as tight as they were when I used to jam my feet in, in Pittsburgh, that's for sure. But I, I still need them tight and and, uh, yeah, we just kind of go out and hack around. But I actually really do look forward to coming into Pittsburgh every year and taking part in Mario's Fantasy Camp. It's a lot of fun. Paul, uh, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Always a pleasure to have you on. And maybe we'll see you at the Fantasy Camp this year. Thanks again.
Yeah, I'll be down in uh, Toronto next week to congratulate Chris in person. Perfect. Good talking to you, Coff. Thanks again. Okay, bud. That is Paul Coffey. Always a pleasure to talk to him. And uh, one thing to make real clear, when, when Paul came here from Edmonton in that trade, that was a big step in making the Penguins what they became. Because the Penguins were starting to assemble some real good players, you know, like obviously Mario. They had Barrasso. They were, you know, had the young guys coming in. They got Stevens. Uh, eventually, they made the big trade for Francis and Olfi. But Paul Coffey was a proven winner. And one thing that drove him that he touched on was when he came from Edmonton to Pittsburgh, people did tell him, well, you're never going to win again. And Coff said, well, we'll see about that. And uh, he came to Pittsburgh and he made it happen. Uh, Definitely an all-time Penguin. Great. Relatively short stay. But I consider Paul Coffey probably one of the five most important players in Penguins franchise history, and I do not say that lightly. I'm Mark Madden. Thanks to everyone here at Buford's Fifth Avenue. Now it's time for the Penguins Network pregame show. And after that, the Penguins in Vegas. Here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X.